الإسلام ديني ومحمدا رسول الله ويقيدي أدنو إليه ساجدا بجبيني اقبل صلاتي وللصواب الديني إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا مدى عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون أما بعد My dear brothers and sisters in Islam This trial, this life of ours is full of trials there is no stage of our lives except that we face in it anxieties, grief, stress, and worries. And if you look at the life of our Prophet ﷺ, he faced far more powerful struggles than we did. His anxieties were far greater than anything we can imagine. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed at the very first major crisis of his life, of his spiritual life, Allah revealed a surah that will be the subject of our khutbah today because it deals with how to grapple with anxiety and stress. It deals with what to do when you're facing challenges. It deals with what to do when you're so overcome, you might be verging on depression. You might be thinking thoughts that are un-Islamic. And our Prophet ﷺ himself went through something of this nature, a very minuscule amount at the beginning of his prophethood. And Allah revealed a surah that set him aright in this regard. And we have done this surah, and I'm sure multiple people have done the same surah in the khutbah that I'm about to give. But today, inshallah, it will come with a slightly different twist. And that is how we understand the psychology of depression, the psychology of feeling negative when it comes to the Qur'an and to the Sunnah. If you look at the early seerah of the Prophet ﷺ, in the first year of the revelation of the Qur'an, there was a time frame, some scholars said up to six months, that Allah did not reveal any Qur'an. So the Qur'an came, Iqra came, Muzzammil came, Muddathir came, and then after a while, no Qur'an. And the Prophet ﷺ began wondering, what's wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Maybe Allah doesn't love me anymore. Maybe I've done something to displease Allah and I'm not worthy of Allah's love. These feelings that we now call anxiety, borderline depression, these feelings of doubting your self-worth, they came to none other than the greatest human being ever to walk the face of this earth. And for many weeks, many months, no revelation came. So much so that he began to think that Allah does not like him anymore. That he is not beloved to Allah. That he has failed in the mission. Then, at the very end of this time frame, Abu Lahab's wife taunted him and said, What's this? We haven't seen any Quran for so long. Maybe your shaitan has abandoned you. A'udhu billah, a'udhu billah. And this really hurt him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he went home very depressed, anxious. And it was at that point in time that Allah revealed the surah that we all know. It is surah al-duha. 
والضحى والليل إذا سجى ما ودعك ربك وما قلا ولا الآخرة خير لك من الأولى ولا سوف يعطيك ربك فترضى to the end of the surah now this surah is a very beautiful surah one short khutbah cannot do justice but we need to talk about it in its entirety so what I will do I will divide this surah into four different four different sections the first of them two verses the qasam of Allah the oath these are optimistic oath these are oaths that are very positive then the second is three verses the third is three verses and the fourth is three verses three plus three plus three plus two gives you total of the number of verses in the surah which is 11 the first of the three verses negates this the feeling of being worthless in the eyes of Allah the spiritual depression the feeling of negativity that I'm not worth anything there's no good in me Allah negates that get rid of it and replaces it with positive energy replaces it with optimism and we'll talk about this in this khutbah the second series of three verses it negates the feeling of being useless in society, of not being blessed in society. All my luck is against me. Allah negates that. And Allah substitutes it with the feeling of positive in this dunya. And the final three verses, it directs the energies of the person to do something everlasting, to do something positive. Channel your negativity and do something worthwhile. Take that feeling and instead of just sulking around and doing nothing, take that feeling and then go channel it and do something positive for others. This is the nutshell of the surah and we will now go bit by bit and explain what I just said. We said the first section is the qasam, the oath, which is a very positive qasam. And that qasam, we all know it, wal-duha wal-layli idha saja. Allah gives the oath, the qasam, and we all know qasam means Allah wants to draw attention. Allah wants to emphasize what He is saying is true and listen to what I'm about to say. And by giving the qasam of the dawn, what does the dawn symbolize? In every culture, in every language, in every society, in every civilization, what does the dawn symbolize? The beginning of a new era. It is a new day. It is new opportunity. It is new hope. Yesterday is gone. Today is a new day. Wadduha. This is how Allah begins the surah. Don't look at the past. Look at the future. Don't worry about what happened. Today is a new day with new opportunities. The sun is coming up again. The sun is bringing new opportunities. The day is bringing new opportunities. Allah gives a qasam by the morning sun that is coming up. The early time, which is the time of barakah, the time of activity, the time when everybody wakes up and the hustle and bustle and the traffic, all of this is saja, And the night when it becomes calm, which is the time of sleep, which is the time of sukoon. Once again, both of these are contrasting when you go to sleep as well the worries of this dunya go away when you wake up and the sun is coming up no matter how bad was yesterday today is a new day Allah is giving qasam by both of these that the rest of the surah is true and authentic and correct what is the rest of the surah this is a negation stop feeling that you are worthless Stop feeling that you're worth nothing. Your Lord has neither abandoned you, nor does He hate you. Allah does not hate any believer. No believer is despised by Allah. Yes, Allah does not love sins, but Allah loves those who turn to Him. Allah loves the repenter. Allah loves the muhsineen. Allah loves the muttaqeen. Allah loves the mu'mineen. Our Prophet wasallam said, Allah loves His servants more than a mother loves her baby child. 
Allah is the wadud, the one who is ever loving. Your Lord has neither abandoned you nor does he despise you. No doubt this ayah is in the singular to the Prophet. And no doubt he occupies the maximum share. But it is true that every person who believes in that Prophet, every person who considers himself of the ummah of that Prophet, a share of this verse will apply to him or her as well. Your Lord does not hate you, O Muslim. Your Lord does not despise you, O believer in Allah. Your Lord has not abandoned you, O you who says, La ilaha illallah. Your Lord will never abandon you. Did He not create you? Did He not guide you? Did He not give you all that you have? Stop feeling this sense of worthlessness. Your Lord has not abandoned you and He does not despise you. He is with you and He loves you. Is a statement of negation. It is not true the way that you feel, Ya Rasulullah. Now this verse comes and after getting rid of the negativity, it's substituted with positivity. Get rid of the negative feeling and think positive. Get rid of the pessimism and change it with optimism. Tomorrow will be a better day. The future will be better than the past. The future, meaning in this dunya, will be better than the past. This is a part of our creed. Our Prophet ﷺ said, Allah loves optimism. It's an authentic hadith, memorize it. Allah loves optimism. It is a part of iman to be optimistic. We think tomorrow will be better than yesterday. Today the Meccans are persecuting you. Today your followers are being killed. Today this is happening. Tomorrow you will enter this city as a conqueror. The day after tomorrow, Three days from now, the whole ummah will be Muslim. From beginning to end, you will see Muslims everywhere in every corner as we see right now. Always be optimistic. Now somebody will say, but sometimes the future is not better than the past. And we say, perhaps in this dunya, perhaps for some people, tomorrow will be a little bit more difficult than yesterday. But, for every single believer without exception, even if this world is a world of misery and pain, the believer has something else to look forward to, and that is the real akhirah. That is the akhirah of Jannah. Okay, maybe this dunya is tough. Okay, maybe you're going through some tough times, but never forget there is an akhirah. And in that akhirah, Allah Azza wa Jal will reward you. Innama yuwaffa sabiruna ajrahum bighayri hisab. Allah will reward and reward and reward. There shall be everlasting bliss. Jibreel came to the Prophet and said, O Messenger of Allah, Allah has sent me to tell Khadija the good news that she will enter Jannah in a palace that has no animosity, no negativity. There will be a palace, there's not going to be noise and shouting, there's not going to be any tiredness. She will be there peaceful forever because Khadija was taking on the, the struggle of the Prophet. She was feeling the negativity, the hatred of the Quraysh. She, it really hurt her. What they said about her husband, the Prophet ﷺ, the noise and the rumors really affected her. So Khadija was told by Allah through Angel Jibreel, you're going to enter a paradise, a Jannah, a Qasab. You're going to enter a, a palace. There is no rumor. There is no gossip. There is no qila wa qal. Nothing is going to hurt you. There will be permanent bliss over there. Optimism. In this dunya, 
and also, more importantly, in the akhirah. Okay, life is tough. Wallahi, sometimes it is tough. Maybe, maybe, whatever issue we're having, we're not going to solve it in this dunya. Maybe that cancer will not be solved. Maybe our relative will not be cured. Maybe this and that. Maybe, okay. But in the end of the day, this world is not the end world. Look forward to the akhirah, the eternal world. Don't concentrate on this dunya. You shall get. You shall get. Maybe not exactly what you want, but you will get enough good that you will be happy and content. Whenever Allah takes something away, our Prophet ﷺ said, He gives something better than this, the authentic hadith. Whenever Allah takes something away and you are patient, Allah gives you something better than what He has taken away. Allah will give you and give you and give you until you will be content. He didn't say He will give you what you want. No, maybe you won't get what you want. But Allah will give you. And Allah will give you until you are happy with Allah's qadr and decree. And once again, in this dunya, and just in case it's not in this dunya, then for sure in the akhirah. So these three verses we said, they negate spiritual feelings of emptiness and negativity. Spiritually, people feel, I'm not worthwhile. Allah doesn't love me. I'm not good enough. These three verses negate them. You are worthwhile. Allah does love you. You have potential in you. The next three verses, they negate feelings of worthlessness in this dunya. People think, oh, I've always been unlucky. Whatever I do, I just don't get it. So the first three verses we said, feelings of worthlessness from a spiritual perspective. These three verses, feelings of worthlessness from a worldly, from a dunyawi perspective. And every time I take an exam, I fail. Every time I try to do a business, it goes bankrupt. Oh, I just have no luck in this life. What's wrong? Maybe Allah doesn't like me. So we have three verses now about worthlessness of this dunya. This is material worthlessness. This also happens when you're struggling with depression, when you're battling anxiety, you get feelings of, of, of lacking confidence in this dunya. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًا فَهَدَى وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى Three rhetorical questions. And the purpose of a rhetorical question is to emphasize what is already known, not to teach something you didn't know. To bring up a memory, you should have it. You should be thinking about it, but you're not thinking about it. Something has clouded you. So the rhetorical question, it jars you. It makes you alert. For example, the teacher is rebuking the student. The teacher says, am I not your teacher? Meaning, how can you speak to me this way? I am your teacher. To emphasize that which is known, but has been neglected. That's the rhetorical question. So Allah asks three rhetorical questions. Meaning, Ya Rasulullah, how could you think that Allah has abandoned you? How could you think that you are no one, you have no worth? Look at all the blessings Allah has given you. Then Allah mentions three blessings. Alam yajidka Your mother died, your father died, your grandfather died. You were a yatim in every sense of the word. Yet, at every stage of your life, didn't we take care of you? Didn't we send someone else to protect you? When your father passed away, even before you were born, your mother was there for you. When your mother passes away, your grandfather took you. When your grandfather passed away, your uncle Abu Talib took you. At every stage of your life, your vulnerability was protected by Allah. You didn't know the truth, Ya Rasulullah. You used to go to Ghari Hira. You used to be praying to Allah to guide you. You didn't know how to worship Allah. You didn't know the details 
details of Iman, the details of the Quran. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guided you. You were not upon the guidance. You didn't know the guidance. Allah azza wa jal guided you. And we found you. You didn't have any money, Ya Rasulullah. You didn't have anything. You were poor. Your parents did not leave you a fortune. But now we gifted you. Our scholars say, Aghna here is Khadija and the wealth of Khadija. And this shows us the blessings of having a good spouse and a righteous spouse. That the spouse brought you, Ya Rasulullah, now you have a house. He did not have a house. Now you have an income. Now you don't have to worry about rizq. You don't have to worry about sustenance. And Allah Azza wa Jal has given you enough that you can live a comfortable life. Meaning, what is the purpose of these three verses, dear brothers and sisters? Anytime something negative faces you, anytime your business fails, anytime you're in a car crash, anytime your exam doesn't pass, anytime shaitan comes and throws a thought in your head, oh my God, I have no luck. Realize, there are always positives in your life that you're overlooking at that stage. Shaitan has caused you to neglect some of the biggest blessings that Allah has given you. And you concentrate on the negative rather than the positive. Ya Rasulullah, look at all of these positives that you have. How could you ever have thought that Allah abandoned you? Allah neglected you? Allah hated you? How is that even possible? At every stage of your life, Allah blessed you with all of these things. So we learn from this. When feelings of worthlessness come, when feelings of despair come, don't look at the negatives. Don't look at the failures. Remind yourselves of the positives. Okay, this didn't work out. But Allah blessed me with that. Okay, maybe I don't have something but i have something else always look at the positives rather than the negatives always concentrate on the blessings and examine them rather than what you don't have our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said hadith is in bukhari when one of you sees someone with something that he doesn't have and he wants it don't look at that look at another person whom you have been blessed over and you have something that person doesn't have See, this society that we live in, this modern culture, it emphasizes what we don't have. Look at this multi-million dollar mansion. Look at this beautiful cars. Look at this. And we want to just aspire. We want that. We want that. We want that. Our sharia says, stop looking at what you don't have and look at what you do have. It's a hadith of our Prophet When one of you sees something that you don't have and you begin to desire it, stop looking there and look at somebody who doesn't have what you have been blessed with so that you appreciate the positive that you have. So you wanted to have all of this multi-million dollar mansion or house or whatever. Look at the people who don't even have a house and thank Allah you have that. You wanted to have this and that. Look at something that you have. Good health, let's say. Good wealth, let's say. Happy family, loving wife. These are blessings you're taking for granted. Rather than look at what you don't have, remind yourself of what you do have. That's what these three verses do. And they contextualize and they make us appreciate we are blessed and fortunate. Every one of us is blessed and fortunate in our own ways. It's just that we neglect and ignore our blessings and we concentrate on what we don't have. So Allah in these three verses reminds us to think about what we do have. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ once you have a different frame of mind once your psychology has shifted don't just sit there and do nothing go and be proactive do something positive contribute to society don't just sit there and mill around and say oh my god life is tough okay it might be tough Maybe it is difficult. Okay, be optimistic change your paradigm change your frame of mind and then go find a higher cause and go dedicate yourself to that cause do something useful with your life. 
Do something that will bring meaning and value to you and to others around you. Contribute positively in a way that will make you internally happy and externally bring about the rewards of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because every one of us, without exception, can bring happiness to other people in some fashion or form. فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ As for the orphan, Ya Rasulullah, don't overpower the orphan. Meaning, what does it mean here? Don't overpower the orphan. Be involved in the life of an orphan, of a sa'il, of a beggar, in a manner that makes them happy. A man came to the Prophet ﷺ, hadith is in Tirmidhi. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to complain to you that my heart becomes hard. I don't have the khashya of Allah, the khushu' of Allah. My heart becomes hard. What should I do? You know what our Prophet ﷺ said? He said, go find an orphan and wipe his head. And go find a poor person and feed him food. Beautiful hadith. You have a hard heart. Your life lacks meaning. You're getting lazy spiritually. You don't have a higher purpose. Go find an orphan. He didn't even say sponsor because maybe the guy couldn't afford $50 a month. He didn't even say go give half of your savings. Show some love to somebody who needs love. Isn't a smile a charity? Isn't giving the water of your, of your bucket to your neighbor's bucket a charity? Isn't a positive word of encouragement a charity? So even if you don't have a check you can write out, those of you that can, go ahead and sponsor the orphan. Those of you that can, go ahead and feed the beggar. But if you cannot do that, our Prophet said, yatim. Wipe the head of the yatim. Free of charge. Show some love to those who need it. Because when you're battling with depression, when you're struggling with issues, it's difficult. Life is difficult, no doubt about it. Find somebody else and share their pain with your pain. Eliminate their pain. Make their pain easier for them. And guess what? What a beautiful religion we have. What a great Lord we have. When we give happiness to others, Allah gives happiness to us free of charge. Subhanallah. When we become useful to other people, our lives become useful to us. Go find those that are deprived and do something meaningful. Even if you cannot give something to the sa'il, the sa'il is the beggar. Sometimes we don't have the money, sometimes we don't. So Allah is saying, even if you cannot give something, don't be harsh to the beggar and say, hey, go away from here, no money. No, be gentle, be soft. May Allah make things easy for you. I don't have anything today, but you know, I make dua for you. This is sa'ila fala tanhar. If you cannot give something cash or physical, then give something with your akhlaq. Don't be nasty to the one who comes to you. He also has issues like you do. And of course, the point here is that when we are struggling with our own issues, and all of us are, never forget there are people that are struggling with worse issues than ours. Or different issues. Maybe worse is not the, the best adjective. Different issues. We all have our pain. We all have our struggles. And when we go help other people, subhanAllah, Allah will help us. When we go and give of our time and our money to others, our lives become meaningful. Our depression becomes less. We get a purpose, a sense of doing something. Nobility comes to us. We feel useful when we give unto others. And that's why our Prophet ﷺ said, خَيْرٌ nas." The best of all people are the ones who are the most useful to other people. The best of all people are those who are the most useful to other people. And then the final verse, This again, 
we are zooming over this surah because there's so much profundity. Inshallah, one day we'll give a long uh, tafsir about it. But this ayah is so profound. It has so many multiple meanings. I'll just mention only two of them. In fact, there's many more than two. I'll mention only two of them. The first meaning, don't speak negative, speak positive. Don't complain to others, oh, I didn't pass my exam. Rather say, Alhamdulillah, I have children. Alhamdulillah, I have a house. Tell people the positive. Thank Allah for the good. If you try to count Allah's blessings, you're not going to be able to count them. Don't count the negatives, count the positives. Don't go moan and groan to the people about what's bad. Thank them, thank Allah, and tell them what is good. Good. This is one meaning, and it's a valid meaning. And of course, this is true, as even Yaqub, I'm complaining only to Allah, I'm not complaining to any of you. Yaqub said, I'm not complaining to any of you. Allah is the one I complain to. Oh Allah, look at my situation. I don't want your sympathy, I want his sympathy. As for you, I'm going to say things positive. That's what Yaqub shows us as well. So, this is the first meaning. The second meaning. Here is a reference to the Quran and to Islam because the biggest blessing is the Quran and the biggest blessing is Islam. And so he is being told, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, be active in Islam and Islamic causes. In other words, the last three verses it instructs all of us to do two things. Number one, become proactive in benefiting other people, and number two, become more religious and be involved in the masjid and be involved in halaqat and dhikr and preach Islam to other people and be role models of Islam. So through society and through religion, your life is going to find meaning. When you give unto others and you, when you come closer to Allah and become a preacher to Islam, and by preacher to Islam, we don't mean you give up everything and go and study 20 years overseas. We mean your colleagues, your neighbors, your co-workers should see in you the beauty of Islam. And as for the religion of Allah, tell people about it. All of us need to become ambassadors of Islam. And in that, our life becomes meaningful. We find purpose in our lives. This beautiful surah, my dear brothers and sisters, it is one of the most powerful surahs in the Quran to battle issues of depression, to make us overcome feelings of negativity. And to summarize once again, before I finish my first khutbah, this verse, this surah is 11 verses. The first two is a qasam from Allah an optimistic qasam is going to come a new day then the next three verses are about removing the feelings of spiritual worthlessness I'm not good enough Allah doesn't love me the next three verses are about removing the feelings of being unlucky unfortunate ah life is always tough no there are positives you have and then the final three verses Allah says to all of us take that negativity and challenge it into something positive give back to your community and give back to this religion and through all of this you will find meaning in life and through all of this you will overcome these feelings of negativity may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless me and you with and through the quran and may he make us of those who is verses they understand and who applies halal and haram throughout their lifespan i ask allah's forgiveness you as well ask for he is the ghafoor the rahman الحمد لله الواحد الأحد الصمد الذي لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد وبعده. Dear Muslims, I gently broached on the subject of depression 
and depression requires many lectures and many khutbahs and I only have three minutes left. I just want to point out that we need to come to terms with the reality of depression. For all too long, our societies and communities have considered this to be something taboo. We don't talk about it. We stigmatize the one who is battling with depression. We make fun of them sometimes even. We say, oh, this isn't anything. It's just something in your mind. And the reality is that no, it is not just something of the mind. Now, of course, time does not permit me to go into detail. But the point is we need to stop considering this to be a taboo topic. Unfortunately, depression is now at an all-time high in this society. And we live in this society. Now, why is depression at an all-time high is another question which we do need to discuss. Because we are seeing in the last decade and last few decades the rise of depression. We are seeing for the first time teenagers struggling with depression. This really was not common 30 years ago, 50 years ago, two generations ago. So things are changing. Why is changing is another topic. But definitely, we have to be honest and acknowledge that there is a crisis in this community uh, the ones that we live in and even in our communities the, the, the bubble Muslim culture that we have all too often we turn away and we stigmatize those that come to us for help realize dear Muslims that depression is real realize that it can harm people and we need to be sympathetic to the ones who come to us telling us that they're going through this. And also realize that those that are struggling with depression is not a sign of weak iman necessarily. In some situations, even our Prophet ﷺ, I don't like using the word, but he is struggling with, let's call it anxiety. This surah tells us, This surah tells us that he's going through certain self-doubts. Let's just call it self-doubts. And Allah is consoling him. Is anybody going to say his iman was weak? Of course not. Depression is not necessarily linked with Iman. It is possible that a person has good Iman, strong Iman, and still struggling with depression. It is possible. Now it is also true to say that generally speaking, generally speaking, good Iman and good family and good friends and good society helps in battling depression. But it's a help. It's not a necessary cause. It's not an end-all and be-all. Generally speaking, a loving family is better for the one who's battling depression than no family. Generally speaking, good iman and good uh, you know, taqwa is better than no taqwa. But just because you have a good family doesn't mean you don't have depression. Just because you have good iman doesn't mean you don't have depression. In this surah, we learn three things that need to be done, but sometimes more than this. Sometimes, sometimes you need to go to a therapist. Sometimes you need to take medication. But these three things should always be without exception. Number one, the one who's battling depression should really think about the surah. He is, you are not somebody whom Allah despises. You are somebody whom Allah loves. Allah loves you. Allah cares about you. Allah created you. Number two, yes, life might be difficult, but that doesn't mean you're always unlucky. Allah has blessed you with ways and things that you are taking for granted. Yes, you might be struggling in some areas, but this dunya has also been given to you. You have things that others do not have. And then number three, Maybe life is difficult. Find something to do with your time. Channel that energy that's a bit negative and do something positive. Bring happiness to others. Turn to Allah Azza wa Jal. Turn to the religion. And these are three things. Sometimes you need to do more than these. But no doubt these three things always help. Dear brothers and sisters, if somebody comes to you telling you that they're battling with this, struggling with this, do not trivialize. Do not dismiss them. Rather, embrace them. Be compassionate to them. And try to connect them with family 
family and, and friends and scholars and therapists because everybody has a speciality. Take them to people who are specialists. The sheikh is not necessarily the therapist and psychologist. Frankly, usually the sheikh has nothing to do with psychology and therapy. Go to those who are experts. Yes, go to the sheikh for some issues. Go to family for others. And sometimes you need to go to therapists as well. We need to stop considering this topic to be taboo and realize it is a real issue that needs to be grappled with. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of us and our families. Allahumma inni da'in fa'aminu. Allahumma la tad'in fi hadhal yawmi dhamman illa ghafarta wala hamman illa farrajta wala daynan illa qadayta wala maridan illa shafayta wala asiran illa yassarta. Allahumma fillana wali ikhwanina lidhina sabakuna bin iman wala taj'in fi qulubina ghillan lilladhina amanu. Rabbana innaka raufur rahim. Allahumma a'izz al-islam wa al-muslimin. Allahumma a'izz al-islam wa al-muslimin. Allahumma a'izz al-islam wa al-muslimin. Allahumma man aradana aw arad al-islam wa al-muslimin bisu فاشغله بنفسه واجعل تدميره في تدبيره يا قوي يا عزيز عباد الله إن الله تعالى أمركم بأمر بدأ به بنفسه وثنى بملائكة قدسه وثلث بكم أيها المؤمنون من جنه وإنسه فقال عز من قائل عليما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك وأنعم على عبدك رسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين عباد الله إن الله تعالى يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه يزد لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أكبر وأقم الصلاة لا يزال الخير حيا لا يزال إن في الدنيا سلاما واضلال أخبر الأيام أنها في وصال قم بنا وانظر لآيات الجمال قم بنا وانظر لآيات الجمال